Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. I just want to share from my heart, kind of like if we were at a table, which I would of course prefer, but as we have all tried that experiment in times past, that was a disaster. Uh, but um, although I would prefer to be at a table, maybe sipping a cup of coffee with you, the Lord has just been stirring in my heart for, I'd say, at least a good three weeks, maybe longer, perhaps shorter, because sometimes it seems like the days go on forever, and then other times it just seems like the days go by so fast that it's already another year. Have you been experiencing that lately? And so two words that have been um, just totally like in my brain. One is remember and the other is reset. And it's like, well, what, 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 what am I supposed to be remembering? (laughs) And uh, resetting. And um, just by coincidence, ha, 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 um, in the Hebrew calendar, it's, it's the month of Adar, but for them, it's a leap year, and whenever there's a leap year, which happens, my mathematical brain figured this out, nine times every 17 years is two, approximately 2.7 years um, when you get this extra month, and that's how they sell, celebrate a leap year. So there's an extra month, all right? And so um, I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But as far as remembering... I want to read a scripture from Genesis 50 that maybe by first glance won't even sound like, what has that got to do with remembering? But um, this will kind of be a foundation and uh, a building point. So Genesis uh, 15, 20, uh, this is when Joseph is uh, uh, meeting his brothers, and he says in verse 20, But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now therefore, do not be afraid, this is 21, I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. Or in other words, he spoke to their hearts, that he was speaking from their hearts. And I'm hoping that today, I'm, I'm gonna be speaking more from my heart than 7,000 Greek or Hebrew words study. Um, But um, first of all, in the month of Adar, um, there are several things that are represented and remembered in that month. And number one is Esther. And we know the story of Esther, and I won't go into it uh, real deeply, but uh, during during this month, this is when Purim is celebrated, which is um, when we know that there was a deliverance for God's people, Um, Esther was a key component of that. And so I want to read Esther 4, uh, 12 through 15. So so they told Mordecai Esther's words, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to this kingdom for such a time as this. So um, 
Esther went ahead and replied, and they went ahead and gave that reply. And I thought it was kind of interesting that it seems like sometimes when we're looking at the Old Testament, which is supposed to represent patterns and types in the Bible, is that sometimes like at harvest time, that's a time when God asked the people to be a little bit more sober and take inventory of your heart. It was a more of a sober time. And so here's a time when, when they're ready for destruction, they're ready for devastation, and he, he did deliver them, but still in the midst of, of possible destruction and possible uh, waiting for deliverance and believing for deliverance, he wants them to uh, up the joy. And so Ad, the month of Adar is also known for being a season of joy. And so this happening to be a leap year and happening to be right during this exact time, I think it's very interesting that we're that if we were following that, we would be following into a season of joy twice. So if we didn't get it last month, then we have another opportunity to get it this month. And and the Lord said in Nehemiah 8:10 that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And that's where we get our strength from. So um, I remember one time someone quoting from Chariots of Fire. I, I love that movie, but mostly the music. I love music so much. But um, in Chariots of Fire, there was this line from it, and it said, when I run, I feel his pleasure. And he, of course, was a believer, and he was feeling the pleasure of God, and that when we do uh, what we're made to do, we feel his pleasure, and perhaps this could be a part of that uh, joy. Uh, but in the scripture that we were reading about, Esther, um, Mordecai was exhorting Esther, it's not a time for you to be silent. It's not a time for you to hold back. It is a time for you to speak up. And, and so she did the right thing in that day and age. It was very customary to uh, pray and fast, and even her servants uh, did it together. I thought that was kind of a bummer for them, but, but they all did it, and then she would go before the king, and we all know that it did end up well. But um, in this regard, uh, she was to speak what the Lord was putting on her heart through her uncle Mordecai. And so in this, this time that we're, uh, if we're looking at kind of like the seasons and times, you know, like, like in my mind, I think about it as in the New Testament, it says, we don't know that we don't know the day or hour when it comes, but the Lord also said to the agrarian culture that he was talking to, you definitely know the times and seasons. You definitely know it. I mean, you would be unwise if you didn't know when it was time uh, for seed time and when it was time for harvest and everything. So in that in that regard, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you want us to have an increase of joy and you want us to have an increase of joy when there's so much trouble uh, going on in the world. Help, help me to remember um, how to do this. And, and so the Lord took me back into a couple of places where was extreme sorrow for me, extreme, extreme sorrow uh, for me. And he helped me to go to that place where I had always heard about, but had never experienced 
some supernatural uh, joy and supernatural closeness to the Lord. And so I thought, okay, I, I, I can uh, understand that. Now help me in my present situation where I find myself and, and help me to be able to, um, to be able to be supported like a foundation with your joy that is the only thing that's going to be my strength. I'm not going to pretend like, oh yeah, she has it all together. Of course, anyone who knows me at all knows that I don't have it all together. But then we go on to um, a couple of Old Testament examples. Next is Moses. And in the New American Standard, Exodus 3.15, if you want to uh, follow along, <clears throat> it says here, God furthermore said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial, named to all generations. So in this text, Moses was saying that God's name even was a memorial. God's name was a place of remembrance, a place to remember. And he has a lot of names, but in this one it was uh, Adonai, or we pronounce it like Lord or God. Uh, in New American Standard, it's the Lord. Um, next, we have Jacob. In Genesis 28, 18 and 19, I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured oil, olive oil, over it. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called Luce. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. So in this scripture, we see that um, the stones that he set up, his place of worship, his place of giving, that became a, more, a memorial for him. And um, if you go ahead and go to the next one there, I think, uh, yes, the next one is the crossing of the Jordan River. And that's in Joshua 4, 6, and 7. And here's where um, these stones come in that might have looked like this. I don't know. I haven't been to Israel, so uh, I don't know. Linda, have you seen any memorial stones of any sorts when you've been there a million times? No? Okay. I, I was just curious, like, how they might really, do they really look like this, or do they not look like this? I don't know. But in the New American Standard, Joshua 4, 6, and 7, it says, Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, Because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. Hallelujah. 
I, I wonder how that was. Do you ever just wonder, do you ever put yourself into that story and just think, okay, so I was one of the kids and like, we're pass, are we passing by these stones all the time or is it like a once a year thing or is it ever 2.7 years when there's an extra month of Adar, you know? Um, I, I don't know about you, but I, I think about these things. Then we have a couple of uh, examples in the New Testament. Um, we have a woman anointing Jesus at Bethany. In Matthew 26, 13, the WMB translation says, Most certainly I tell you, wherever this good news is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of as a memorial of her. Isn't that something that it doesn't even have to take one penny? Her act of hospitality puts her in the book, and we're talking about her today, thousands of years later. It was her deed of love and adoration. It could have been, in that culture, a simple case of hospitality that she's being remembered for. So it kind of reminds me of that scripture that says, you know, when you're hospitable, be careful because you might be entertaining angels and not even be aware of it, you know. So, I don't know, I think like that. So her act of hospitality turned out to be a, mo a memorial to her. In Acts 10, 3 and 4, we have Cornelius. One day at about 3 in the afternoon, he meaning Cornelius, had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius! Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. So isn't that interesting that Cornelius' prayers, he was a soldier, and his gifts to the poor came up as a memorial to God. I don't know about you, have, are any of you like into physics or anything? Yeah? I always wonder, you know, I always wonder if, the, if that was the same thing as I had alluded to last week about prayers becoming like this actual substance and like when it's full, kind of like um, the idea also in physics of the tipping point that once it reaches that point where it overflows, you know. If, how long had he been doing this? Was this for a week? Was this a month? Was it many years? And what, what became that tipping point? What became that point that all of a sudden the angel of the Lord is there because he's uh, praying and he's uh, giving to the poor? But it came as a memorial to God. God treasured that so much. I don't know about you, but the things that God treasures sometimes just, it just slays me. I mean, I was reading this week about the Lord storing in bottles our tears. And yet we're in this Western culture and a lot of times we're like trained and taught, don't cry, don't do this, don't do that. And yet he stores them tears in a bottle. And so... He treasures and he values and he memorializes things that we don't treasure and value and memorialize. And so um, it also made me think of something that 
uh, I've been studying a little bit more about the brain again when I was going to be a speech pathologist back in the olden days, um, like 70s, those were olden days. Um, all the, I was in the middle of my neurology class, and our professor came in and said, um, how many of you are going to be working, plan on working in the schools? And I raised my hand, and well, you just lost your job. So if you're, if, you know, Proposition 13 went through, you can't have a job here if you want to work with old people, fine. And of course, that wasn't going to work for me. So neurology was the last thing that I studied. And I've always been really fascinated about the brain. And I, I know this doesn't make sense. And I know that you're, I could just feel it now, like the rolling of eyes. But um, I just want to like challenge you that maybe something different might be in order, especially if you haven't seen a breakthrough yet. But um, in the brain, sometimes uh, if you have experienced like a lot of trauma and such, uh, if you use layman's terms, it's not really how it is, but like right brain and left brain, and sometimes when you have trauma, like they don't talk to each other or whatever. That's the layman's way of saying it. But they found recently that if you, act, if you have some action or you have some motion, that sometimes that can like bypass all that trickery there and actually have you connect. And then you become uh, more integrated in your brain and, you, and you're able to uh, have a resolve on grief instead of just continuously repeating the same thing over and over. And it reminds me of something kind of mystical that happened, but it proves the point. Um, I was uh, in the, right here in the late 80s, so probably was the early 90s when there was lots and lots of guest speakers always coming and home meetings every night of the week practically with these guest speakers and stuff. And I was at John and Vivian's house by the golf course in Arcata. And I was leading praise and worship back in those days. And um, something had happened. I had had this dream. It was very disturbing. It was like a, it was kind of like a, it felt anyway like it was a satanic dream. And I was very, 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 very troubled by it. And I, I was losing sleep and I was very sparkful and all this stuff. And here I am leading praise and worship. And all of a sudden, it's like I'm, up, I'm still leading praise and worship, but I'm having this conversation with the Lord. And he said, if you'll, if you'll do a one and a half turn, believe it or not, I used to be able to do that quite often. Um, and if you'll go like left to right, I will reverse the curse that's been placed on you. And I'm like, like okay, right, but I have like... 30 people packed into this house and I don't want them to see me. So, so uh, I just like, can we all close our eyes? And, <laughs> and, and they, they bought it. That was, and that was good. It was a Holy Spirit time and they bought it. And so we just kept worshiping God and I did a one and a half turn and, and whatever was, had been on me, that had been on me for, for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, it just, bam, it was gone. And I don't know if that's because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. If, if because Jesus made me this way with my brain and I was able to do something in motion that broke that so that, that it was completely 
uh, I was completely at peace between uh, me and these peoples and um, the Lord and me. I was able to uh, uh, just uh, be able totally to be joy-filled inside, even though I had been so filled with sorrow. And not to even mention, there was all these manifestations that started happening uh, where people were just filled with joy, even to the back row, you know, it's like, and these, all of these people, they're not necessarily, you know, the touchy-feely type, so it was a, it was a, it was a very rare occurrence that had happened. And so, anyway, I'm saying all this to say that sometimes the Lord asks us to forget, like he asks us in Hebrews, forget the past, push forward. But sometimes he says, remember, and even in his feast, that, that they had every, every so many months uh, that was in line with harvest, but that was when the festivals, they were to remember something. And perhaps today the Lord might be saying to you, uh, I want you to remember this. I want you to perhaps do a reset. You know, like with your electronics, reset and remember. And possibly not be like the children of Israel where the older ones, they remembered the former glory. And all they could do was cry when they saw the second temple. Maybe we cannot be like that. Maybe we can be the people that will choose to rejoice and will choose to remember how God himself, God alone, came through for us and not uh, be so filled with grief in that place. That the, that the remembering could be a healing and that the remembering could be a wonderful, wonderful place where we can learn to trust the Lord. And in this day and age, so many of us, we're with people all day long. They need hope. They need strength. And the Lord within us wants to minister. The Lord within us wants to heal. The Lord within us would like us to remember so that we can pay it forward, so we can pay it forward. So let's focus on the Lord. Let's remember his name at the very minimum. The name of God is a memorial to be remembered. And that our worship and our giving, whether they're seen by others or not, are seen as memorials to the Lord and that the, our deeds of love and prayers and ministry to the poor or to our brothers and sister could be memorials. We don't know. They could be memorials. I don't know about you, but uh, in a moment we'll be taking a time to remember as far as uh, communion and all. But I, I do want to give a moment, like I always do, if the Lord has been stirring your heart and perhaps you'd want to share something that the Lord is putting in your heart um, about remembering or, or a reset, like your cell phone or something like that. I'm having a whole lot of fun with my new one. 
um, that you might want to share, you can either come up here or share if you speak up loudly from where you're, when you're seated. Um, I'd like to give you that opportunity. So does anyone have anything that they would like to say or think? Wave? Yeah. Linda? I'll just talk really loud. I was just thinking about what you were saying about uh, the reset, and it brought to mind reframe and remember. Remember the word of God. You know, if you're having a bad day or if something tragic happens or whatever is happening in your life, to reframe it in by God's word. And um, I just had a wonderful experience this morning with Gail. I called her and. I said, good morning, Gail. The sun is shining on your house. And she said, the sun is shining on me. I love that. That was her testimony for the day. And she said, I am having such a good day. I have no pain. I, I mean, that is such a wonderful testimony. She reframed her whole day, you know, uh, by remembering that God is good. God is for us. He's not against us. And if we would remember that, I mean, that would be such a beautiful memorial is that God is good and loves us so desperately. Somebody else? Francis. Gail? Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> Mother Sorry. voice. Huh? Yeah. My adult voice. <laughs> In the memorial, I don't know if you guys ever look up the obituaries, but since I worked in long-term care facilities, <clears throat> and I can't go anymore. I can look to see if some of my little peeps have died. So this morning I was <clears throat> looking at that, and it was there was a prayer that someone had written over there as a mother. But I rephrased it so that it sounds like this. God, you must really love me because look at all the friends you've given me. And that's, I was just so thankful this morning. About, what a neat thing is like. Sometimes I don't feel loved. I didn't grow up feeling loved. And I didn't have a husband that I felt loved. And so it was, how it's so neat to me is, how you must really love me. Look at all these weird people. I mean, look at all my <laughs> She really believes that. She told me that. I love them all. Somebody else. I know someone else has something to say. Anyone else? Can it be brave? Can be brave. I just want to say that I'm thankful for everything that you know, all the friends and, and this church. Um, yeah, sometimes we have to like just kind of get out of our ourselves and and just kind of look, you know, take that perspective, that reframe out, you know, outsider's perspective, and and just realize that you know the world is what we make it and if we have God on our side then you know we we got it all figured out you know and we can just give it to him any kind of trials and tribulations and it just makes everything new and and positive you know so that's it thanks Tom anybody else last call 
Hallelujah. So I'll have one more scripture and then I'll um, we'll, uh, transition to communion. Uh, Romans 8.28, and I believe this is New King James. <clears throat> and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And one definition, the word suggests a deliberate plan, an intentional plan, an advanced plan, a design. So like we started with Joseph, there was planned evil, there was planned good, and the Lord caused many to be able to benefit from that. Now, there, he causes everything to work together for good, to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. When you read later on in that same book, you find out that we are those people. So, uh, Pastor Steve, I'll let you come on up for communion. There's another speaking, and uh, take it from there. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.